Welcome to the Association of Applied and Therapeutic Humor podcast, LaughBox. We have multiple hosts and multiple guests and multiple ways to think out of the box using humor. LaughBox is a production of the Association for Applied and Therapeutic Humor. Visit us online at www.aath.org. Follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or LinkedIn. Music by Gary Rubio. For more information, www.garyrubiomusic.com. Join us for episode 111 with Jim Bob Williams, KDB, and special guest Nancy Norton, comedian and podcaster. Yay! Welcome to LaughBox, the official podcast of the Association for Applied and Therapeutic Humor. I'm Jim Bob Williams. And I'm KDB in a canoe. KDB is in a canoe, and our special guest is Nancy Norton. All right. Woohoo! <laughs> Nancy, I'm really excited because I think we're continuing a conversation that began at the poster session at the AATH conference in Mesa. All right, to be continued. I have short-term memory issues, so it'll be a surprise. I do too. I'm excited. So I, the first thing I want to talk about is Tromedy. I mean, you have, you're the host of the Tromedy podcast, uh, and I, I hope you've copyrighted the term, but it's amazing. Tell us what it means. Well, it's a combination of trauma and comedy. And the whole point of it is to help folks transmute their trauma using comedy. It's it's something I have learned through uh, intuition and then validated by the Association of Applied Therapeutic Humor. Love it. Thanks. Okay. I and love I'm... you, Nancy, by the way. Just saying. <laughs> Just saying. about your background because uh, now you're a, a keynote speaker you've got a, a dry bar special you've got a podcast a book in the works i understand uh so so how did this journey begin well you know i always say uh improper parenting <laughs> <laughs> and by improper i mean you know i maybe it it was absolutely perfect i'm really making peace with with everything these days at this age and i trust my path and it set me on like I've, I, I'm, you know, my joke is I'm from a big family. I'm not the ninth of eleven, but I'm the fourth of three that were yeah. one. And so, <laughs> so yeah, I, humor has helped me cope my whole life. And then I'm also a fifth generation nurse. My mother was a nurse. Her mother, her mother, her mother, and you know, also just the lineage of. I mean, we're all probably nurturer healers. You know, moms. And so I have this thing in my imprinting and part of my purpose on earth is to help heal myself and others and, you know, try to stop some of the generational trauma, you know, turn, it was wise at one time, now it's dysfunctional, How you know, so it, it's all kind of a combination of generational trauma, my birth order, my nursing background, and, I, and my comedy, there's something in my psyche just really loves sharing laughs with people and i have found that uh humor to be a a healing uh healing thing so here we are it really is it's amazing what humor can do the, the old saw about turning lemons into lemonade it's uh, it's amazing to see people turn trauma into something beneficial and just... so when did you know that you were funny well i had some trauma early on that uh caused my eyes to be misaligned and I was cross-eyed. And, you know, that's a funny face. Uh, people laugh at you um, 
it hurt, but you know, you, <laughs> you might as well roll with it because uh, it's going to happen. So I didn't have surgery until I was six and then it was kind of late. So then my eyes, now I kind of goes the other direction. But anyway, I really think part of it was looking kind of weird. People laughing at me. And then I just decided to take control of that a little bit. And I just don't know. I can't, I can't remember not being funny. I think I was just always the, the family clown. Then I was the class clown and I'm probably the least funny I've ever been right now. <laughs> True story. Well, if this is the least funny, then uh, it must have been amazing. <laughs> I used Why to kill it in that, kindergarten. Nance? Why do you say you're the least funny right now? You know, I think because because now it's it's something. I think ever since I went into stand-up comedy, I I think it becomes more of an analytical process sometimes and. It, it was so spontaneous and organic and, and now I'm doing it for a living. And it's like, am I even funny? I don't know. You know, I, I, it's just probably overthinking it. And that childlike humor is the best, you know, for well, me. Please trust me, the thousands of people who've liked your dry bar special. Yeah, you're funny. <laughs> yeah, and I was gonna say, come on now, you've got a great history. I don't know if you can hear me, I'm sorry. You have a great history, you have awards. You have accolades. I mean, you've got you've got uh, a following. You're 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 in there. You're already in there, Nancy. <laughs> well, it is nice to get some validation. Even at this age, I have to say, uh, I you know, it took me thirty years to win a comedy festival, and I I mean, I should have won it because I've been doing it thirty years. But it really meant something. It did mean something to me, especially as a woman, because, you know, it's still a man's, it's still kind of a man's club in the, in the comedy world. No woman had ever won the Boston Comedy Festival and only one other woman had won Seattle. And it's, I, I won the 40th. So the other woman won it 35 years prior. So it did. And, and at my age too, I think, you know, we kind of age out. So yeah, you know what? I am proud of those victories. I have to admit that. As well, you should be. All right. One ex expression that you have is that uh, every cloud has a silly lining. That yeah. is so brilliant. <laughs> you know, I, I'm not usually very punny, but that one, but you know what happened? In my dry bar, like YouTube, they put it on YouTube and somebody wrote in the comments, or I love your line. Every clown has a silly lining. And I thought, ooh, that is my ooh. line now. It's That's even better, right? And uh, Katie especially appreciates that because she's a clown. Yeah, Katie. Every clown has a silly lining. What? <laughs> of course they do. Like paddling down the river uh, out of control. Finding the silly. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and with you on the phone. <laughs> Seriously, for, for the home uh, listener... We started this with Katie was in a canoe paddling in a river and it was the most comforting video I've seen in my life. Like I want to, I want her to have like a regular channel where we just canoe with Katie. Canoe. Uh, it'll, normally it'll be a paddleboard, but I'll do it. I'll do it. <laughs> okay. Live on the paddleboard with Katie B. Yeah. Uh, I like and the working Nancy. title of Comedians and Canoes. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Having conversations, but uh, 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 by, by the way, Katie is one of the few people that can do a burpee on a paddleboard. Oh. Wow. Oh, I just experimented with that the other day and put it on my GoPro. And I was like, oh, I can jump even. Gotta try Wait, it, it's fun. 
So are you already doing stuff like this on online? Do you have a channel where you're doing stuff like this? I, I do. I, I have a YouTube channel and a TikTok channel under the name Normalcy, which is travels after COVID or during and after COVID. And, uh, and then I put the burpees on my Facebook page. And as I learn more weird things I can do on the paddleboard, I'll be sharing. Because I've got now like three action cameras and the phone. That's wow. so cool. So it's nor <laughs> it's normalcy. Normalcy. And yeah. N-O-R-M-A-L-A-C-Y. Love it. So it's normalcy or normalcy. Whichever, however, don't go back to normal. That was the whole point. I love it. I'm gonna check it out. You're oh, and I'm just looking forward to just some some of it. Would you please do just like paddle down a river and show the, the banks of the river and stuff? This is one of my favorite things is floating a river, and I haven't done it in so long. I have tons of footage already. Oh, I feel relaxed. Thank no, you. Sure. I'll send some to you. Thank you. Seriously, I would I'll put that on a loop. So is that something that you need, Nancy, is a little bit of relax since you're touring all the time and on the go? <laughs> um, I, you know, I was just thinking that I, my son and I usually go to our little lake cabin. My family has a little fishing cabin in the Ozarks. And we used to go every birthday in August and he's 19 and he just is like done with doing stuff with me, which makes perfect sense. Oh, yeah. But I'm missing that. I'm missing that break of being on at the lake and just being in the moment with the nat with nature and yeah. So thanks for that fix. Tell us a little more about your son. <laughs> My son is a character. He's a uh, you know funny. He's he's funnier than me. You know. I always say, you know, I couldn't have birthed. My son is adopted or, you know, as he says, I, I bought him. But he is, <laughs> if you're a doctor, have adopted kids, I always, you know, correct that. Because it's his way of coping with some of the pain around adoption. You know, when kids have probably said that to him. Um, but yeah, he's funny. He's, he's, a, he's a character. I, I just got so lucky with this, with this guy. And he's still living at home. He wants to do community college for a couple of years and get the free rent and the, <laughs> so yeah he's gonna hang out with me another couple of years he's he's from nepal he's he's got a he's got a great sense of humor he's also an artist and a musician and he's but he wants to be a police officer so it's a it's an interesting combination wow mm -hmm. getting back to the question of you know how trauma fits in and i'm a i'm an adoptive father too my youngest son there and i admire you <laughs> Your son's doing great and, and thriving. Some of the trauma in my life was associated with my son. Don't mean to bring the mood down here, but I will have to entirely agree that comedy is something that helps you get over. But it gave me this weird thought, and I don't know if I should turn this into a bit. I think it may be that, but because maybe we don't talk about trauma enough, okay? And so right? people, people think that they can't talk about it because it's not something that's polite. And so, you know, what could you do about that? Mad Magazine didn't have the lighter side of trauma. You know, yeah, or, you know, or a reader's digest could have had my most unforgettable sociopath. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, I wonder, is there a way to deal with our trauma in a social way without trauma dumping? Because mm -hmm. is that part of the stigma that makes it hard? Because if we get stressed and triggered, 
because I was stressed and triggered earlier today trying to get here and, then, <laughs> and, and, and yesterday and another thing. And it's like, instead of just blowing it out, like how do we, in those moments, make it something more useful for us and others to say, hey, we all have this stuff. Is there a way for us to make it less? And I'm going to not finish that sentence because I don't know what to put there. I, I got you. I got you. And you know, this is, I, I like that you brought up the term trauma dumping because that's the thing I, I don't want to do with traumedy. I mean, the thing I want to do is make sure we, we access our higher self at the same time as we dive deep. I've done so much trauma therapy and you know what? It's not for everyone. I think that's the, the, the challenge of it is to say, uh, to make it palatable to everyone, you do have to disguise it in humor. Like we do in our comedy routine. Like there's so much trauma in my comedy routine that people may not know about, but what I'm taking now, I actually changed it up a little bit with trauma. At first I was going to take the trauma like I did on my first episode the person who inspired it was my friend, Heather, who survived being attacked by a serial killer. That's heavy, heavy stuff. And But what we did with her was we then tried to find, by going concentric circles out from the epicenter of the trauma, where's the playful area that you could kind of express some of that tension in a way that's healthy, but not exploiting or making fun of your pain. I mean, we, well... We are going to play with our pain, like Charlie Chaplin said. But you know what I mean? We're, we're not disempowering her and, or, or devaluing her experience. And then I found that worked out, but it was really challenging for me. So what I'm doing is I'm kind of cheating the rest of this first season. And I'm taking a comedians and I'm, taking, I'm asking them to bring me a bit that has trauma behind it that we, the listener, may not know at first glance is actually expressing trauma for them. So that's kind of cool, you know, so that's how we make it palatable to the general population is we, we sort of, we sort of disguise it, you know, with our humor. But then on this show, we, we dig in and deconstruct and, and, it, and I think the podcast I'm doing is definitely designed for people who want, who have trauma, who maybe are isolated with trauma, who are craving this connection that they, they have felt either stifled or isolated. And I'll stop there for a second. Did that make sense? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and I'm in a place right now where I had a lot of trauma during COVID and my job and all these, there was a, it was a number of things all at the same time that I pushed through for five years. And yesterday, I went back to some of those places and found myself deep in grief. And talking to you now is this question of, hey, how do we take some of the pressure off. I know we have to have our feelings, you know, and when the heavy stuff comes in, it comes in and I can go deep into rabbit holes. And so one of the questions is what's therapeutic about humor deep in the rabbit hole? Maybe. Thoughts? Great question. Yeah. For me, it's, it's a, it's like a life jacket. It's the buoyancy. So I can dive really deeply and then know and trust. I've, you know, humor has been such a companion to me that I I just have this it gives me courage to dive deeper and unearth those deeper traumas because I know I'll pop back up to the surface with some humor it's just the way my mind works and it's not I don't think it's just my mind I I this is my belief 
is that I think humor is the language of uh, one of the languages of God. I think it's higher power that is helping me, uh, given me this gift of humor to, to cope with some of the stuff I've had to cope with. That's the technique they've taught over the years is to touch in, but, you, you know, just to, to do that little exercise of like kind of titrating your tolerance, if that, if that makes sense. Yeah. Well, it makes sense to this chemical engineer. Uh, <laughs> I like, you I, like the word titrate? I love the word titrate. Oh yeah, you, you had me in titrate. <laughs> you touched upon something that I'm going to say amen to, and that you talked about trauma and grief being a language of God. And, and I'll say, yes, it's all, just looking at the Old Testament, the New Testament, for example, you have the book of Job, which is trauma, and then the response to it, uh, getting false comfort from friends, uh, which I see some humor in that. But like Job's friends come to him, and for seven days, they just sit and say nothing. That was the exact right thing to do. Just sit there and grieve. But then they, they, then they make their opinions. First, this guy, Elihu, comes on and slaps him around a little bit. Then God comes in and slaps him around. But he doesn't slap Elihu around again because they got that, got that right. So transverse to that, if you're in, in the book of Psalms, some of the Psalms, they're about lament. But it seems that, I'll pick on the 21st century church there, that, that marketing church as a product, it's like, let's only talk about the happy things, okay? So let's not, when was the last time you saw someone go through a series on Job or Psalm 88, which is a psalm that's totally devoid of any hope? There are some that will disagree with me, but that's okay. Presbyterian, we're used to it. There's just so much there, and to just polish it up and say, believe this and you'll be happy, and all your problems are going away. And getting into the New Testament, we're told, in this world, you will, you will have troubles, which I consider to be one of the most amazing understatements ever, but it's true. <laughs> well, and the Buddha said, you know, once we accept that life is suffering, the, you know, the rest is gravy. I don't think that was in a direct quote. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and Jim Bob, I just wanted to say, full transparency, that I don't know the Bible very well. Okay. I, I was... Uh, I got confirmed in the Lutheran church, but I really think they just passed everyone. You know what I mean? I barely went, I barely went to Sunday school or church, but for me, it's more of a spiritual thing. Like I, yeah. I do use the term God, but uh, I'm also in a couple of 12 step programs. We often use higher power yes. as the term, but I just wanted to say, I mean, it's interesting that there's a lot of books out there about God and the higher power, the Bible and Buddhist teachings and stuff. And it's interesting. There's a, I like the parts where they're similar. You know, that's what starts pointing to truth yeah. to me when I start going, oh, and here's where, and I haven't read a whole lot, but I'm just mm -hmm. saying things that ring of truth for me and humor and any kind of creativity. I've been, I listened to Ram Dass. I don't know if you're familiar with Ram Dass. I, I just love, he's like, are you connecting when I'm in my victim energy, when I'm thinking about being victimized or feeling powerless he says, are you connecting with the manifested, that which has already happened, or the manifestor, which Ooh. is the creator, which is the, you know, I sort of think that everything and all of us are extensions of the oneness. That's my, my belief. But it's like, I love that. It's like creativity. I never really put it together. The creator, a lot of artists are like that. Like, where did my creativity come from? Why? That's where I think higher power every time I get an idea that is fun and connects me with other hearts and minds. Like I said, I'm in my 60s now, and it's taken me a while to be grateful for everything mm. that has happened for me. 
And also trauma therapy with the help of psychedelics. I'll, I'm telling you right now, uh, we ha- we've legalized psilocybin in Colorado. That's where I live. Mm-hmm. And I did a six-hour therapy journey, therapy with a trained, licensed therapist taking psilocybin, magic mushrooms. And I'm telling y'all, I've done years of EMDR, years of other stuff, working on some trauma, but there is something transcendent about this medicine. I call it medicine. And I really got that perspective, what you just shared. And I trust my path completely. And it got me out of the, it, you know, whether it's real or imagined, I'm telling you, I feel better. I can love my parents differently. I know everyone is doing their best with the path, with their teachings. And, and I'll, I'm just, yeah, I'm excited to have that new perspective. Well, and I, I just want to give credit to Gabor Mate. I'm not sure who you worked with, but he is in San Francisco and he's at the front lines of this therapy you're talking about. And Ann Arbor, Michigan also has legalized this type of therapy. I'm so proud that you've been able to experience that because I think if everybody was able to experience that, we would have a different world. I, I, got, I have chills all over my body and I know it's true because it is, it's so cool when we experience this oneness. Why would we ever want to hurt? We're all a part of each other. Why would I want to hurt you or anybody else? Or wh- why would I other you? You know, even just, mm-hmm. just by othering you is, is a thing, you know, I'm really working on that. So yeah. believe me, there's a lot of unlearning involved here. So I still go back to my ego identity of us versus them sometimes. And don't, don't think I've transcended it completely. <laughs> I, <Yeah. laughs> I, you would laugh your whatever off if you saw, you know, some of the stuff that I have, to, I catch myself all the time going back to the old thinking. So it's humbling. And well, and I, I think this is not a linear process. I think yeah. it's a, it's like grief. It can look like a roller coaster. It can, it can, uh, you know, we're drawn back in by certain things and trauma comes back out again and we have to deal with it in a different way. And I think this is just part of what we've been able to learn up to this point and where we get to go from here. And I love it because the goal is ultimately openness. Yeah. And there's where we go back to our humor because I can get what in my program, they call it a takeover. When you get a trauma trigger where you Mm. dissociate and a part of me, my inner teenager, let me introduce you. I think you may have met her. I have learned I'm doing this parts work, internal family systems, where it's like your inner child, your inner teenager, your inner critical parent. And then Mm. the goal is to become your own loving parent. My inner teenager, her name is Virginia Vengeance. <laughs> and she and she suffers no fools. And she really thinks she knows what's what. And she doesn't, you know, once she gets activated, uh, get back. <laughs> I do have a criminal record. <laughs> hey, man. I mean, I'm really punk rock in my teenage years. And it shows. And in my 50s, yes, it comes out. I can relate. You are not alone. (laughs) We'll get our inner teenagers together and maybe start a band. (laughs) My inner child was a bedwetter, but that's another story. (laughs) That'll also make you funny, right? I mean, if that's a true story. Yeah. You know, Sarah Silverman, you know, the comedian Sarah Silverman. Oh, yes. Her her memoir is called Bedwetter. I mean, that was part of what made her 
you know, use humor was her incontinence. <laughs> so <laughs> you're not alone, Jim Bob. Hey, I'm not alone. And, you know, yeah. and yes, for the, uh, for, for the sake of future generations, yes, I was a bedwetter. But, okay, it uh, also gave me sympathy when I came across others. I just wasn't as, you know, oh, my goodness, how could you do this? They're not doing it to be mean or vindictive or whatnot. It's involuntary. And, you yeah. know, as a nurse, it's just the myelin hadn't developed yet to give you that control. I have a good friend, and he he had troubles through, like, the I don't know, maybe up to middle school. And he had to choose, like, black jeans so that it wouldn't show if he lost control. And, you know, it's that's a heavy burden. Being an engineer, and I like to measure things, I don't know if there's a scale for trauma. Because you know, take can you objectively say, well, here's here's bedwetting, and that's a uh, two point seven on a scale of <laughs> and here's uh, you know, and here's loss of a loved one, and that's a, a nine point four there. All of a sudden, I'm picturing like the judges at the Olympics or something yeah. holding up these cards, you know, and then higher power going, this is you know, there's an inverse relationship, between, you know, because I believe in post traumatic growth, so it's yeah. like. You know, if you if you had yeah a 9.4, oh that's how gifted you're going to be as well. Like it's you know, that's the balance. Okay, right stand idea for trauma Olympics. Okay, good. Trauma Olympics. Oh my gosh. We, yes, okay, please. yeah. Let's do the trauma Olympics. And you know, the thing is that, and this is something I've heard people people talk about, which is you cannot compare traumas because mm -hmm. the kid who's had this really easy not not easy is a relative term, but let's say this. Right. Term, kid that's had this life with you know his parents never divorced they never argued they're well adjusted they've done their own therapy but one day his mom is late picking him up from piano lessons oh. for him because he doesn't have the re you know any experience with having to be resilient it that trauma of getting picked up late from piano lessons could be as bad as a holocaust survivor and i know that sounds insane no. but i've heard it said it's about like, what is your expectation? You know, how cushy has your life been up to this point? So it's sort of like, you got to know the baseline. And then I don't know how to, I'm picturing this, um, what is it? What do you call that curvy line? You know, that like if there's a baseline and then this, so if your baseline is super high up here. Yeah. Is that like the, a sine wave or something? Yeah, sine yeah. wave or something. Yeah. And like again, to use an engineering analysis, when you play with the volume on your phone, you're adjusting the gain on an amplifier. Okay? Yeah. So everybody's uh, amplifiers are tuned differently. Is there a meltdown category in the Trauma Olympics? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Do you win yes. for the best, the strongest meltdown or the least meltdown? Uh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How long were you flat on your back eating Oreos? <laughs> How long did you disassociate for? I dissociated for four days. I dissociated yeah. for seven months. Oh, you well, win. You know, and all kidding aside on that, look at the DID, you know, dissociative identity disorder. I mean, that's when somebody cannot, they really have, I mean, that's a condition that I, I mean, that's a sign of severe trauma where there were no resources and no other option but to put that part of their experience in a box and put it far away from their yeah. knowing. So there is the DID and then there's the intermittent dissociation, which is what I, 
I do, which I, is part of trauma therapy is integrating all these parts, right? So that mm. I can tell them, I, we're safe now. That's not happening now. That, that scary thing that happened when you were an infant, you know, cause that's what came to me during my uh, psychedelic journey was a lot of horrible infant trauma. And it was like, mm. whoa, I couldn't get to that. But, but, you know, so sometimes I can get kind of like, well, you didn't, <laughs> you didn't have what I had. <laughs> you know, I can get competitive with my trauma. I have to watch it. <laughs> Don't you think also, is this, how are we doing on time? Is it okay? Cause I'm real. I love this topic. I, Jim Bob, but what was that movie that uh, Michael Landon was a bedwetter and he did a whole movie about oh. it and, and he was so, uh, his mother was so cruel. And so it also depends on how did your mom handle it? How did your parents yeah. handle it? Did they shame you? Or were they just like, that's okay. That happens to lots of kids. But mm. he got, remember that movie? And yeah. he, he, they, I, I she would, I'm trying to remember the na name of it and I'll, I'll IMDB it later. <laughs> yeah. And remember, and she, his mom would hang his, his stained sheets out the window for everyone yeah. to see. And then he would race off the school bus so he could beat all the kids that he didn't, so they wouldn't see his sheet hanging out his window. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's where the, tr it's really like, it's not just what happened, but then how was the shame? Shame is such a huge trauma. Yeah. One question, society talks a lot about trigger words and microaggressions. And I used to think, well, that's a kind of a dismissive term because there's a principle of toxicology that uh, only the dose makes it a poison. And there are some substances like take nitrogen, 80% of the air is nitrogen, roughly, and, and we're fine with it. Okay. But a part per billion of other substances are toxic to us. Gotcha. And then there are people who have a dip, and my wife has allergies, and there's a range of things there that she's sensitive to that I may not be sensitive to, but I really need to be aware of what that is for us to get along. I'm just thinking in society, are we too dismissive of the triggers that others may have or, or not, not sensitive enough? Do we see, or do we even see the, you know, sensitivity as a sign of weakness and, you know, <laughs> hey, another opportunity to brand somebody as an other because they're too sensitive to X, Y, Z. Yeah, it's a good point. And it is interesting right now. I found out recently, and this is the thing I love about doing the Traumedy podcast, because I, I feel, you know, it's part of me being of service as but it's it's healing me. It's like that is part of my mission statement: heal myself and others. It's peer to peer sharing, and every episode I learn something. So one of my guests, Christy Bukley, is she's a comedian with cerebral palsy. And to your point, she she taught me the term, and I didn't know about HSP, highly sensitive people. Hmm. And then when I researched it, I'm like, oh, that's what I am. <laughs> and it really. I'm embarrassed to say I didn't know about it, but it really helped me have more compassion for myself and others. And it is, but it is rough because there's also a part of me that's really trained to be stoic as a, as a nurse, you kind of yeah. had to endure a lot of vicarious trauma and you just had to have a thick skin. And anyway, it is such a moving dynamic and I don't know the answer and there's sometimes are these two camps where I'll see a thread where someone I think there's a meme going around right now on Facebook that's like it's not my problem if you have a, a trauma trigger it's up yes. to you to fix it and I'm like I don't like you yeah <laughs> <laughs> but I but I think that oh somebody got somebody got embarrassed or called out or whatever the reason they put that meme up there 
and they're not wrong that it's mine to fix, but it's also like, I mean, why are you, I mean, I guess you don't want to say, oops, that I hurt someone's feelings. Cause I'm, I make mistakes all the time. And I just wish we could all go, oops, I'm oh. sorry. I didn't know that was one of your, I don't know. Any, any other ideas, Katie, Jim, Bob? Totally agree with you there. It's hard to know where the landmines are. Yeah. And I think it's important that we all know that each of us has landmines that we may not even know about yeah. or how to tell someone, hey, watch out for this. That's a landmine for me. You know, it's like, how about if we just treat each other more gracefully? How about if we just build together understanding that we don't know how to do any of this crap yeah. <laughs> that we're doing <laughs> and we're all just trying to move ahead. And how about if we did that with, gratitude and joy and appreciation for the fact that we're all doing the same thing on this crazy marble that we're on and we're imperfect and we're going to mess up and we're going to step on toes and step in landmines. And like you said, we're all doing the best we can. Yeah, we really are. And I think too, it's just, I think it points to energy, how much energy it takes. It, It doesn't really, but I think if people, you know, one of my sayings when I teach improv is, you know, a little borrowing from Eckhart Tolle, The Power of Now, you know, may you be in the present moment for now. You don't have to do it all the time, just do it for now. And it's always now. But I think where we get in trouble is making so many assumptions about people in general. And I get that that's easier. But what would it be like if we were really more present with each other and were curious and let people tell us about themselves. I, I know it's complicated. It's, yeah. it's, it's a complicated journey. We, we all have to yeah. drive on the same highways and follow the same rules. And the know. assumption piece, Nancy, that's a huge thing. The assumption piece. Yeah. If we could learn and accept that our assumptions are probably coming from our own personal stuff. And the best answer is, Hey, what is this? you know, that I'm assuming about you right now. And how can I ask you what the truth is for you instead of saying, I know your truth. And I'm in the process of trying to undo that stuff now. And I find it when now, because I'm doing the work, I'm finding when people make assumptions about me, I am reacting. So then it's how to be gentle to say, oops, we're trying not to have assumptions now. (laughs) Ha ha. You know, <laughs> yeah. Nancy, there's a beautiful example of this in your uh, podcast with John Novosad, where he was dressed as a child in the 60s, long hair, whatnot, and somebody presumed he was homeless. <laughs> right. John is, yes, he has long hair, and I guess it's just his, his kind of wild, yeah. long hair that somebody just thought he needed help and tried to give him their, their doggy bag. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a nice thing to do if you think somebody might be hungry. But um, yeah, he, he's got a lot of jokes like that. People keep giving me aluminum cans for no apparent reason. <laughs> and I think it's so brilliant that he's taken this where somebody has made the wrong assumption about him and his needs and his condition. And instead of turning it into a rant and a, a rage against, they're just like, hey, all right. You know, thanks for the bit. Yeah. And it, that's something comedians often do. If we get in a car accident or if we have some hardship, we're like, oh, this is going to be funny someday. You know that. And it is not, it is such a great resource to get that 
that toxic knot out of your stomach or wherever it gets located. Isn't it great that we can really, like Charlie Chaplin said, that that ATH teaches, you know, take your pain, like take your pain and play with it. And man, it's such a wonderful way of getting unstuck and detoxified. Is that a word? Detoxified? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to say so, I'm going to go with that word. Jim Bob, were you going to ask Nancy how we can find her on the internet? You read my mind. <laughs> find me on the internet. I have a website, which is my name, nancynorton.tv, uh, like television, nancynorton.tv. And then um, I'd love to get the reach out there for folks who get access to Traumedy. And it's spelled kind of funny, T-R-O, like comedy with T-R in front, T-R-O-M-E-D-Y. And it's it's wherever, it should be wherever podcasts are found, you know, Traumedy, the podcast. It's your birthday. Happy birthday. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Well, you know, I do a lot of shows and uh, the Power of Humor presentations at conferences and I mean, this isn't necessarily, I do have some public gigs coming up in November in Portland area, but a lot of my gigs are kind of private conference, not private, but you know, you can go to them. A lot mm-hmm. of corporate and private gigs. I'll be at the OR Nurse Managers Conference in Nashville Ooh. on September 19th, Nashville, Tennessee. I'm going to go to the Grand Ole Opry. Yeah, there you are. Nice. <laughs> but if you're, if you're an OR nurse manager, that one's going to be fantastic and then i'm at an er nurses uh conference when is that one i have to put it in my let me talk gibberish (laughs) okay september 23rd in san diego the er nurses association so any nurses out there if you know any send them my way or come to portland november 2nd 3rd or 4th you can find my stuff also on my instagram or my link tree or any of whatever that is called at my Instagram is the same as my website, nancynorton.tv. And so is my TikTok. Right. So there you go, folks. Fabulous. Excellent. Well, I'd Nancy, love to share some laughs with y'all. Oh man. Where do you guys, where do you guys live? In my van. <laughs> Lovely. That's right. Literally. <laughs> I, never, I never got the van tour. Oh, dang. Oh, you know, I'll, you know, I'll put it on the GoPro and send it to you. Okay, because I love to see that. I have an e-camper. I have a Honda Element with a little camper on top of it. And I seriously, when my son (laughs) leaves my home, (laughs) I want to live in that for a while. Yeah, Nancy, I'm so excited that this worked out even from the, (laughs) from, from the, where am I? From the Muskegon River. I'm so glad to have spent this time with both of you. It's been an honor. Thank you, Katie. And thank you, Jim Bob. And Jim Bob, I just, I know you are the one that really has to get going to a rehearsal or something. Yeah, I, I know. I'm, I'm guessing Katie's uh, going to float down the river. Okay. I'm going to ask you a question, which I ask all our guests. Okay. Uh, it's simply this. Okay. What difference does humor make to you on Thursday? oh and ironically we're recording on a thursday (laughs) that's right i was gonna say you know what it makes all the difference i mean today i'm sitting in my boulder townhouse getting it ready to rent it out 
because my son wanted to go to a high school far away where I, I, I rent another house and I was fixing a faucet and I didn't know how to do it. And so I turned off the hot water side that was leaking. And then I got all the little parts out thinking I was going to replace them. And then I had to rinse my hands. So I thought I could turn on the cold water side. <laughs> <laughs> Laughed so hard that this water shot straight up into my nose and <laughs> onto the ceiling. And I mean, I love that my first response <laughs> is to just laugh at myself, you know? <laughs> so humor is just gives me that perspective of keeping things light every Thursday. <laughs> Nice. All right, thank you. That's All right. Perfect. Okay, I think that, uh, uh, okay, let's uh, do the official ending. Okay. <laughs> it's official. On behalf of the AATA, we'd like to thank Nancy Norton for being our guest on Laugh Box, the official podcasting association for applied and therapeutic humor. Thank, thank you, you, Jim, Bob, and Katie. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. So lovely. All right, yeah, and we're definitely going to have to do more uh, canoe-based uh, podcast yes yes we are that was hilarious, that's hilarious. <laughs> uh, nancy norton wants you to know that aath is not responsible for any of the content of her podcast there may be explicit content that is not appropriate for all ages or people of any decent sensibility dun, dun. and then we'll do the law and order sound thank you jim bob and katie Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for episode 111 with Nancy Norton, Jim Bob Williams, and Katie B. Thank you very much. This has been Laugh Box, brought to you by the Association of Applied and Therapeutic Humor. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. Laugh Box is a production of the Association for Applied and Therapeutic Humor. Visit us online at www.aath.org. Follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or LinkedIn. Music by Gary Rubio. For more information, www.garyrubiomusic.com. And we'll see you next time.